Welcome everybody to Beyond the Pew. Yeah, yeah. We're yep, back. Yep. Here we another are. Episode, another episode. Another episode. I know what's going to be asked. Episode, I have day. no idea what episode it is. 28. Uh, 29. Tw- maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We're here. Uh, Pastor Eric Gill. Excited to be here. I'm Div. Uh, we have uh, Pastor Steve Bogran. That's Bogran. It. Bogran. What? It's Mills. What does Entiendo it mean? Entiendo Espanol un poco. You know, what, is it, what does Bogran, Bogran mean? In French, it means tall and beautiful. Uh, tall and beautiful. They got it wrong. Play. They got, I don't know why I got that. <laughs> well, in some places in the world, you may be considered tall and beautiful. Wow, that's the most right? encouraging. Man, pastor, thank you. That's the most encouraging thing I I'm ever about to heard cry you say. Right now. Listen, that's my pastor. Uh, yeah. That's my pastor, America. So, pastor what, so what about you? What was your last name? Rosa. Yeah. From, well, it still is. What was my last name? It is. It's Rosa. Yeah. But no, what yeah. is it from originally? My, we've covered this already yeah, on this podcast. Can I just bring Episode a point, though? Yeah, but the dedication and commitment of this man right here, because he's wearing a New York Yankees hat yep. after they just got, got clean swept. Yeah. swept by Takes one to know one. You're the wearing Houston, the Bills fan. You Houston, go to the Super Bowl. They, Actually, not now every year, but you still haven't well, won it. First of all, I didn't go to the Super Bowl. The Bills went to the Super Bowl, yeah, so I didn't go. But, yes, that was... <laughs> Over twenty years ago. Yeah, now. so, so you're I the mean, commitment. I don't of even. You. Were you even alive? Were you alive when the Bills went to the Super Bowls? No, ninety. So you're talking right? about something that you weren't even. No, like, actually, when for. was it? Ninety-one was the first. I one. don't know. I'm just talking about stuff that's happened right now. Yeah, so. series sweep. That's brutal, especially yeah. against the Astros. Yeah, come on. Come on. So. Yeah, act 50, like you act like look like you were in the Bills fan, like acting like it's a winning team. Fifty strikeouts. By Sorry, the do you watch baseball? What's <laughs> he your gets team? All fired up. What's your team? He gets all right, fired up. baseball. Break, I'm a man without a team right now. Oh, why? Why is that? I've already, we've covered this as well. Oh, on because the your team is not longer. He's in a bad mood. Today. Guardians. He's in That's a bad mood. Steve. Steve. Listen, three three zero three three one. Six four five three. Boom! So nail that. Yes. You feeling good so, today, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feeling good today. So, that's he's where not, you can. That is where you can. Yankees got swept. He's not, not, he's not, swept. He's not, not in a very good mood today. <laughs> that is and where so you can text to, we have your, to apologize. <laughs> we have to apologize to our viewing audience, our worldwide viewing audience. Worldwide. Listen, I already heard what? it, so it's not from Hawaii or Alaska, okay? You already what? It's around the world. <laughs> it's not Hawaii or Alaska. Okay. All right. Okay. That's why uh, I you have around the, the power today, oh, well, Pastor yeah. Eric Gill. Ooh. Um, can yeah. I ask a question? Before we gave you all this credit for saying the phone number, is the phone number on that sheet in front of you? Yeah, but I didn't okay. read it. Okay, it is. It was okay. upside down. All right. Yeah. Okay. Three three zero. Yep. Three three one. Yeah. Six four five three. So. Yeah. It's good. Correct. Very nice. Yeah, so why don't we start with this? Since you're questioning my integrity, <laughs> I, how do we know the Bible is trustworthy? <laughs> wow. That one there. Man. It's so a little you, hot in here. <laughs> you want to dive right in. Yeah. Pastor Steve, why don't you answer that question? <laughs> no, no, I'm in charge of that. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying. Part. I, I want to include first. Steve, too. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll get go. to him second. Okay, yeah, go ahead. So what's the question? Say it again. How do we know the Bible is trustworthy? How do we know the Bible is trustworthy? Yeah, I, I think the self-edestation of the Bible is what leads us to our understanding of the trustworthiness of the Bible. Self-edestation being that the Bible itself proclaims concerning itself that it is inspired of God. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen seventeen. 17, uh, you know, where all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for correction and doctrine and training and righteousness, that the men of God may be thoroughly equipped. So the Bible itself speaks of itself as being breathed out by God. So if it's from God... And God is trustworthy, dependable, reliable. We then have a trustworthy word um, that God has promised to us, and God has promised in his word that he would preserve his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will endure. 
And so, um, yeah, I think the self-attestation of the Bible concerning itself is what allows us to come to this conclusion about the inspiration of Scripture. Mm. Um, you know, Peter said it as well. First yep. Peter one twenty one. Um, see the first Peter, second Peter one twenty one. See the, the first one or second. But it talks Paul. about holy men of God wrote yeah. as they were carried along yeah. by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so, um, so we know it's trustworthy, um, but. It's true that in our understanding of the trustworthiness and reliability, dependability of Scripture, there is an element of faith to that. We believe yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because God has given us the faith to believe, yeah. and so we have to hold hold the Scriptures as true. Yeah. So I think that's an overarching no, that's way to say it. a good way to put it. Yeah. You want to add anything to that, Brute? No, he took my verse. He, he took, took my one verse at hand. But it's okay. Nice. <laughs> I tried so, to let you answer it first, but Eric's... Yeah, no. Power, a, power, yeah, power trip. You, I, you answered way better than I would have. So, but it's okay, because he's going to answer this one. Uh, Steve, what is... Uh, or should church tradition guide mm. how we worship? Church oh. tradition? Yeah. Uh, well, it depends on what it is, but... I mean, I grew up... What do you mean by that? I grew Well, I grew, Southern Baptist, I grew up... Uh, in the South, there's a lot of traditions that you keep, but it has no purpose, no meaning behind it, uh, like no biblical backing. Uh, like, for instance, one is you could not eat in the auditorium because that's the house of the Lord. That's what that was. Mm. That was viewed, and I got in trouble a couple of times because I had some youth events in the auditorium had food in there. <laughs> no. But you had food in there? Yeah. No, Steve. And it was a, the only thing that divided was a wall. I could eat on this side, but I couldn't eat on this side. Okay. So that's like the that. tabernacle. But, I mean, that's, I mean, Hebrews talks about that, to be careful with traditions because it, it distracts you from the truth of, of who Jesus, you know, what Jesus did for mm. us, and only he can save us. Because I, I think a lot of people put their hope in those traditions. I mean, yeah. Catholicism, you know, that's what yeah. one of the reasons why my mom grew up Catholic and she came to know the Lord because she asked, Why do I have to go to a sinner to ask for forgiveness to God? Like yeah. the priest, you know, because yeah. it was a traditional yeah. thing. So I, I think the dangers of having tr- tradition in the church is that you're placing your hope that God's going to love you more or even your salvation yeah. in those. Um, and that's, and it, you got I think Paul even says, examine your life daily. And I think is, okay, why yeah. do I do the things that I do? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it because yeah. I love the Lord and it's helping me grow? Or am I doing it because I've done this at VBS since I was six? Yeah. You know, sure. kind of deal. So. It, and I think that, like, to give credit, like, when you think of tradition, there are some traditions that start out as a way of cautious. Yeah. Like, it's like the initial this, or the initial intent for those traditions was to even to protect the people or to help the people get a better Understand. uh, understanding yeah. or a better or, or place them in a position where they can uh, better worship or better, yeah. uh, you know, grow in their relationship with God. But the problem to what you're saying is when that becomes the, the, the standard of a spirituality. Yeah. We must do all of these traditions in order to grow. We must do all of this tradition <clears throat> in order to worship God. And if we don't, do not keep these traditions, then we're falling short of the glory of God. Yeah. And so that's, we, that's when you're going to lean on the other side of fair, become a Pharisee, right? That's what Pharisee did. It's like they saw the law that God gave the nation, and they felt the necessity of including more laws. Mm-hmm. And it would have been one thing if those laws would have been like for personal or personal conviction, but the problem became when they started putting those laws as a requirement for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, if people yeah. didn't keep those laws, then they were breaking all of the all of the law. That's what their mindset. Because I think it's just yeah. for me is okay. Is this helping you know God more mm-hmm. and helping you serve Him more? Yeah. 
But if you're in, like I said, if you're placed in, you're okay, I need to do this because God's yeah. going to love me more. I think that's yeah. when the issue comes like, up. Like, like I give you an example of tradition. Like you come to church and you close your eyes when you pray. Like, you know, there's that's, a, that's an unwritten tradition in many places where, you know, there's not really a Bible verse that would say you must close your eyes when you pray. But there is an aspect of like, yeah, when you close your eyes and you're praying, he helps you and not being distracted by what's happening around you. Sure. And so it's a good tradition that in the sense that it, it protects you into doing that. But it becomes a danger when, oh, if you this person has his eyes open, not his in sin. Like I will never forget in school one time I, I was in line and somebody was praying. And I was with my eyes open and I was looking around and the teacher comes and she's like, well, why is your eyes open? Like, why aren't you praying? I'm like, how did you find out that I was? Why are your eyes open? Yeah, your eyes open. I said, <laughs> But then I got in trouble, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you lost that battle. <laughs> I lost it very quickly, so. But, yeah, that will be an example of yeah. that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What about you, good. Bruce? Those are excellent answers. Yeah. Um, can you read the question one more time for me? <laughs> I know it has about, it's about Should church tradition. tradition guide how we worship? Um, so I think that to answer the question specifically, the answer would be no, in the sense of church tradition should not be the standalone guide. Mm-hmm. Right, so our guide for church worship should start with scripture, which you guys have talked about and you guys have alluded to. Um, tradition that is biblically based, biblically commanded, should not be rejected just because it's tradition, but we also shouldn't just automatically follow tradition, right? So it has to be based upon scripture. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are plenty of things that have done traditionally in certain ways in worship that are done because they're biblical. We should keep those things. There are plenty of things that have done in a traditional setting that are not necessarily biblical that are okay to keep if we so choose to, but mm. we also aren't mandated to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that's a dangerous thing, though, is we can be very quick, myself included, to automatically want to reject tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That if we say, well, that's not biblical, that's just what the church did all yeah, the time yeah, when they yeah. were in the early church. Whereas it's true, it's not necessarily mandated by yeah. God that you mm-hmm. must keep these traditions there are a lot of things that are done, traditionally done, that were done on purpose and for a purpose that would be good to, to hold fast to yeah. uh, and to be able to incorporate into what we do and how we yeah. do it. And so I think the danger is we don't want to reject tradition simply because it's not necessarily mandated. Yeah. Yeah. We can learn from that. I think we can grow. But there are certain things we have to hold on to loosely. Mm-hmm. And the danger is exactly what you guys have both said, is when we begin to elevate tradition above or at the same level of biblical teaching, yeah. and, and yeah. that's not what tradition's meant to do. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing a po- this a serious podcast right now on parenting. Yep. And today the topic is on social media and the yep. impact that it has on the students or on the children or on the, our our kids. But yeah, before we dive into that, one last question, and I think this is a really uh, and it's a good segue to the parenting um, po- uh, quest or section of the podcast. But the question is. It used to be frowned upon in many churches for Christians to dance or to go to movies. But now these things are generally seen as normal in Christian culture. Other than these things that are clearly called sinful in the Bible, are these practices are are there practices that are currently frowned upon upon in churches that you could see becoming normal for Christians? You get the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are certain practices right now that believers are okay with participating in. 
that back in the days yeah, were not going to a movie theater, yeah. going to playing a car, cards, playing cards, cards, playing cards, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, that at one point in time were considered to be <laughs> that at one time were considered to be thou shalt not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. because scripture forbid it, but because culture, tradition, yeah. the church forbid it, right, for Christians. Um, and now, current day, are there certain things that would fall into that category? Um, and I, I would say absolutely there are. Um, as far as to list what some of those things are, I, I think some of the more recent things that have been pronounced maybe in Christian communities that maybe 30, 40 years ago would not have been, um, and I don't even want to say accepted, but maybe given more leeway is in the area of tattoos, uh, drinking, smoking cigars, um, and even in the area uh, we just talked about, like as far as poker, playing poker, mm -hmm. things like that. I say all those things because I know in particular a lot of young adults, but also even middle-aged adults that participate in all of those things. Yeah. Um, they will have a, a casual drink, but they will not do it in excess. Mm -hmm. They'll smoke a cigar, again, not in excess, um, with you know, a community of people or in a social setting. Some will play poker, um, again, not in excess or in a way that is um, damaging um, to their family, but in a social setting. Yeah. And some that will even, as it relates to tattoos and things like that, um, feel the freedom to be able to get yeah. a tattoo and, and not... Now, I list all those things not because I'm endorsing those things. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not but saying... You're answering the question. Yeah, I'm not endorsing yeah. those things. I'm saying those would be four examples in my mind right away off the top of my head that yeah. right now um, are pretty prevalent amongst people who would call themselves followers of Christ. Yeah that they feel the the freedom to participate in those things. And it's pretty prevalent within the church that people are participating in those things. And I don't know that there is such hard line stances against those things present day as there was 30, 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And part of the reason for that is in all of those areas we just talked about, there's not a specific prohibition against those things, black and white in scripture. There are principles mm -hmm. um, in regards to all of those things. And I believe what would more so fall in line with the abuse of those things yeah. mm -hmm. that would put it into the category of sin. Mm -hmm. But there's also, it seems like a freedom given biblically on certain issues where as long as something is done, not in an excessive way or in an abusive way, yeah. there could be leeway. So those would be examples in my mind right now. Yeah. yeah. Steve, I'll, what do you guys? Yeah, what do you got, Steve? <laughs> I mean, that, those are the ones that we're going to talk about. That's not the ones, one of the yeah, ones. man. But would you say also, like, because we were in an institution, like a yeah. Bible college, that we couldn't, well, I don't know, when I was there, I couldn't go to the movies, I couldn't play with cards, I couldn't even listen to music um, in my had dorm. To write a pa a paper. I had to write a paper on biblical principles. Why you yeah. should be why. in the And wow. I remember asking, like, wh like, why? Like, why am I doing this? And I, I know the reason yeah. for not watching movies was because back when the organization started, it was like mid 30s 40s and 50s where movies started coming out and some were bad but they said you if you go to the movie theater you cannot control what you're watching where if <laughs> if you're watching at home you can yeah. fast forward you can pause it and stuff sure. like that so you can close your eyes that's what i'm saying or not watch or the walk movie. out walk out yeah yeah and so i think nobody really does does that yeah and i, I think a lot of it's I mean, if you do that you got superpowers yeah yeah, but I think... <laughs> I mean, respect, as you said. You respect. Most, I mean, 
Just being honest. You've never walked out of a movie before that you've been in? I've walked, you thought, have I walked out of a movie? No, I, I walked, out, I walked out, out of I walked uh, out of one movie. Sermons, but not movies. Oh, wow. wow. Man. Yeah. You recently? Who hurt you today? What? Who hurt you today? Nobody. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just okay. being, I'm just keeping it real. But, uh, but uh, yeah. I forgot I was going to say, so. Yeah. <laughs> I would add to this. I would add, like, I think that, like, one thing that, like, growing up, and even still is the case in my the Dominican Republic, my culture, that it's like Sunday, you have to wear your Sunday best. Like, you have mm-hmm. to be your best. Yeah. You have to wear your best outfit. It's very People formal. definitely are not wearing their Sunday best yeah. today. And then you have to, like, dress up very nicely and everything. And so now it's like, is there's an air of, more it's like more casual. more casual like mm-hmm. where where you feel comfortable like Come yeah some people are. still dress up nice but there's others that are they're just casual they're just like okay this is what i wear every day and i think like more like something more practical like for us as preachers like the acceptance of having hats on stage like that's something that Man, you are opening it up right yeah, now i'm just saying Ooh. like 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 if you go like there's churches all, all over the country that that's something that is slowly becoming more acceptable, you know. Yes. Yep. Uh, that phones are that back already. in the days were probably not. Phones are ringing. Your you phone's know. ringing already. Yeah, phones lighting up right now. <laughs> yeah. It, it, hate mail. There's hate it, mail coming. Hate mail. I'm not saying that I support it. I'm just do saying you? that. Do you support it though? Do you? Hats on stage. I Announcements. Work, do you? Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything against it. Oh, are you in favor of it? I mean, I, I'm indifferent. If it if it's so something. you don't have an opinion one way or the other. Yeah, if we can do it, you're great. If we cannot do it, then great. But do you think we should? I'm indifferent. Okay. Yeah, it's not a heel so that don't I want to give an climb or, or die on. I mean, you don't have an opinion. Yeah, on this matter, no. Do okay. you? I do. What is it? Uh, my opinion? Yeah. My preference would be people who are leading from the front wouldn't be wearing a hat. That's just my preference. But since you don't have a preference, you're just indifferent. Yeah, it's okay. not a matter of biblical truth. I didn't say it was. I was asking yeah, if you so. had an opinion. Yeah, that's fine. So I don't. That's fine, man. Okay. <laughs> Steve, Mine's depending on, like, the audience, like okay. youth event, I'm okay with the dude wearing a hat. Yeah, I'm Our talking guy. about context of Sunday morning worship. Oh, so, ah, yeah, I wouldn't be. Yeah, in. context of Sunday morning worship. My preference is not to, yeah. and I wouldn't. Um, yeah. But that's my preference personally. Like, if someone else wants to, that's up to them. Um, do I feel like someone's sinning by doing it? I don't. Um, would I ever tell someone not to? I wouldn't because yeah. I wouldn't. But really that would care. be something that but I can see down the road. What's the reason? Re- I mean, re- for me personally, yeah, like you don't like. Yeah, someone. for me personally, in the position I'm in, if I'm if I'm preaching or I'm leading. In an upfront capacity in a Sunday morning worship service, knowing that there are multi generations present mm-hmm. and there are multiple multiple viewpoints, I if I know my wearing a hat, for example, when I'm preaching on Sunday morning, would be an offense to a good number of people within the congregation, and I know that in advance, I would just choose not to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. nor would I feel comfortable personally doing that. I just yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, but Bruce, that was not the question. About the question was not your personal your. It was a conviction. It was about whether or not it would down the road, like you see things that are. No, I asked him why. Yeah, he asked me why, yeah, me but, personally. Yeah, yeah why? He's I was like, just answering his question. No, man. That's all right. He's not the captain today. Oh, whoa! <laughs> I mean, captain. He, he did cut me. I was about to answer a question. He's he cut me off. He's, cut me off he that just question. self-proclaimed himself as no, the I'm captain. Just saying, I, I didn't say I, I am. I, I just said he's I, not. Captain Eric. <laughs> captain Eric. Like Captain Eric, lead lead the ship, man. Where we going? Come on, steer the ship. Listen, parents. Let's talk about parents. Parenting. He's the capitan. The capitan. Parenting. So before I open the floor for you guys, just a few statistics. Just you know about social media. Yes, Captain. Yes. All right. Yes, Captain. 
percent of Americans. Eighty-five percent of America, and this is coming from Smart Social, who's using some of the. They have done their own research, but also they're using sources from Pew Research, which is a website that is, you know, whatever. Eighty-five percent of Americans on a smartphone. Eighty-seven percent of American things on an iPhone. Ninety-five uh, percent of American th- teens have daily access to a smartphone. Now think about that. How what that mean? Ninety-five percent. Think about what that means and what all that it is on a smartphone, right? Forty-six um, percent of things report being online online almost constantly. All right. Forty-six um, percent of teens or, th- or teens reported to being online almost constantly, like in a given day. Yeah. All right. So. A little bit more interesting. 34% of U.S. teens pick, Sna- uh, pick Snapchat as their favorite social media network in the fall of 2020, which I will say I will still say that that's the case today mm-hmm. with the youth. Now, if you don't know what, how Snapchat worked, that should be something that What's makes, the percent again? 34%. So of 34% teens. of teens say that's Snapchat. the preferred. Yeah. Okay. Social media network. Um, and so it, that doesn't with, seem high. Thirty four percent. Well, be, well, well and when you consider everything else I saw that, like TikTok, YouTube, yeah. Facebook, oh, TikTok high, Instagram, all the, it will rise more than the, the others. And mm. so an average of five thousand or, or an average sorry, an average of five billion snaps are created every single day. Five billion. Five billions. That's a lot. That's a lot. And that's coming directly from Snapchat. Uh, 48% of U.S. Internet users are between the ages of 15 and 25 years. Or or 48% of U.S. Internet users between the ages of 15 and 25 years use Snapchat. So half of them that have access to Internet use Snapchat. Um, You know, TikTok had a total of 78.7 million users in the United States on the year 2021. Around 37.3 million of this were between the ages of 10 and 25. Now you start seeing 10 the, years. That's crazy. Yeah. Now you start seeing the the Ten trend. Years. These are what these are the things that are, are indoctrinating our kids. Mm-hmm. Like they're spending more time on their phones <clears> and on, <throat> on this platform than they are going to school and in churches, right? Yeah. So um, here's another interesting thing. 70 percent. Of low social, seventy percent of, of 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 teens that use social media will say that they feel low social emotional well being, hmm. and twenty nine percent of them will say that they feel high social emotional well being. Um, many of them have deleted social media posts because they get too few likes. Forty three percent feel like they have low social emotional well being, and forty or, or thirteen feel that they have high social emotional well being. Uh, many of them feel the ones that feel bad about themselves because they're not getting comments or like posts. They will say that forty-three of them percent of them are, you know, uh, on the lower end of self-esteem, and then the eleven of them are on the high end of, of self-esteem. And then uh, they have the, those that have experienced cyberbullying will 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 land on the thirty-five percent, and then five percent of them uh, will not. I mean, and I could keep going on and on on this, but all this to say. These are some scary statistics that maybe we're not so aware of the things that are happening with social media. Yeah. So I don't know what you guys want to add from there. Yeah, I mean, I would, ag- I would agree. Thanks, Captain. Um, I think, I <laughs> think that, down. I think there is obviously um, alarming usage 
from those statistics. Yeah. And also, if you just look around at any given venue, you find yourself with people, not just kids, right? But anybody, people are constantly in their smartphones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's constant. And if you go to a restaurant sometime or you are even at, like, a movie theater, yeah. you know, or if you are at a sporting event, take notice of where people's faces are constantly it's they're down in their phones like people were at dinner together at lunch family and everybody has their smartphones out so it's an alarming thing i think for in general for families but it's especially alarming the younger kids are because of what they have access to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know all of the the different media platforms that you mentioned there is pornographic content um sexually explicit content um grooming content Mm -hmm. um destructive content from violence to you know you name it on all of those platforms that is accessible to to kids um students you know anybody can access those things and it it is constantly in front of people's faces including adults but Mm -hmm. it's in particularly alarming for kids obviously yeah um so as parents there are some things we can do um you know in regards to the reality of social media yeah, yeah. and and how our kids are accessing. So it. you have kids that are in the age uh, in in that age category, yeah. and Steve, you have kids that are going to be there soon. So, with your kids, what are some of the rules that you have for social media? And then, Steve, what are some of the rules that you're envisioning yourself mm-hmm. setting up for your kids? Yeah. So I'll, I'll share what we do. Um, and some people listening might think, "Well, that's super strict, and you guys are I like it being overprotective." <laughs> I like. Um, People, people will listen like they're like man you're super strict it's overprotective they're not going to like what we do and and I I want to apologize to those people for absolutely nothing because that's the, <laughs> that's the current phrase because that's um, my pastor because and I'm the one that is like feeling it today nah, man, it, it's, it's it's three, one three, of those three, things three, it's, three, one, six, it's, four, five, three. it's one of those things it's one of those things that what other people think about that doesn't matter to me yeah. um, because they're not responsible for my kids and so we say are, that again because that needs to hey, be like the people in the back yeah that yeah. needs to that needs to be no, the so understanding what, of what other parents. people yes. think what other people think about are being too strict or too conservative with our kids doesn't really matter to me because mm-hmm. they're not responsible for my kids. I am, and my mm-hmm. wife and I are. So we've Terrible. set parameters in place that are, that are quite strict. So, um, And when I say quite strict, I don't think they're strict. I think people think they might be strict because of the open access they give to their kids. And I'm not going to judge those people and tell them what they should do. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, okay, just as they are free with their children to do what they think is best for them, so are we. So what we have in place, first of all, we, we have two of our children have – phones um and kind of the rule of thumb that shoshan and i put in our house was when the kids get into middle school where they are no longer released to the parents specifically when they're in elementary school they they have what's called parent pickup they have to wait with a teacher till you pick them up as a parent they check that you're the correct parent getting them you have to have a tag and then they release the kid to the parent when they hit middle school um in our school district they are then released from school at a particular time, and it's expected that they'll, you know, get a ride with their parent or with whoever else. But they're not only releasing kids to their parents. So kids get dismissed from school, and that's their responsibility. They, they have to get home if they're not riding the bus. So we felt that it would be appropriate for our kids when they get to middle school to have a phone so that when they are released from school, if they get out from school, if they can't find us when we're picking them up, or if they're going to an event or activity where they're no longer – basically handed off to a parent, they have access to get a hold of us whenever they need to. That's how we made that decision. So 
um, we decided we would do that. Um, <clears throat> in addition to that, it is also helpful because whenever they are somewhere, if we need to get a hold of them directly, um, we can communicate directly with them and not be dependent upon others. But we also make the determination we felt they were responsible enough to have that. So that being said, um, it's not open access for them if they have a smartphone. Um, the two kids in our, our, our home that have smartphones, they do not have any social media accounts, mm. nothing. No Facebook, no Instagram, no Snapchat, no TikTok, nothing. Um, and if they do, tell me. If someone's listening, like, yes, they do, I need to know that. Because yeah. they – let me put it this way. Three, three, they are not permitted. They are not permitted to have social media yeah. accounts. Um, do they? I hope not. Now, I'm not naive to think that my kids are perfect and they're not going to do anything that I don't know about. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying help help me out, people. Yeah. If you're here and you're like, nope, your daughter has a social media account, yeah. I need to know so that. Since you bring it up. I need to know that. Uh, <laughs> give you a gift card to a dinner Ooh. place of your choice. Oh, hold on. Since you bring it up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold They're not permitted. They're not permitted to have social media right now. So at what age will they be permitted? I haven't decided yet. I just know it's not yet. TBD. I just know it's not yet. We take it by the year. And here's why with social media. there. There is so much, what I would call evil. Yeah. Um, there is so much evil, and so much destructive content on on social media. Um, Paul said this in Philippians chapter four. He said, "Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things." So when Paul lays that out in Scripture that that's what we should be filling our heads with. Mm -hmm. If I could describe the content that is on social media <laughs> that is geared towards children specifically, it would be the opposite of these things. Mm -hmm. Whatever is honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, that is not what is there yeah. for kids to access at all. Um, and, and I would even say there's very little apart from that even for adults to access, although I do see reasons for adults to have access to social media that would be profitable for adults um, as it relates to testimony for Christ, as it relates to outreach, as it relates to being informed. Mm -hmm. But I feel like adults can handle more than kids could, yeah. could or should handle. Yeah. So that's why we have not allowed social media for our kids at this point. Will they get to a point of maturity and where we feel with strict perimeters they could access those things? Possibly. I just don't know when that point will be yet. Mm -hmm. But at this point, no access to social media. When it comes to screen time, because they can access you know, different apps and things like that that aren't social media apps necessarily. So, for example, it would be YouTube where they can watch videos and things like that. Um, you know, we, we would look at that a little bit different in the sense that you can put strict parameters as far as what they can watch on YouTube, what they can upload to YouTube. And mm -hmm. so we have parental control over that. Um, and we limit their screen time. Um, mm. If they, I, I don't even know, my wife is the one who puts the limit of time, mm. but if that time limit gets hit, and it might, I don't know if it's an hour, maybe an hour and a half of screen time that they can have in a day, awesome. but if it, they hit their limit, their phone locks with a password that we set that if they want additional screen time, they have to come to us yeah. and we put in a code for them to access screen so, time. So, yeah. so there's things yeah. parents can do. That's what we do. Yeah. People think it's real strict. Some people think that's crazy. That's what we feel like we should be doing right now yeah, for the, our kids. The no. average screen time on a student varies between eight hours to twelve hours a day, yeah. which is absolutely that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, and I'm not that saying we're doing that everything. They get home. They get home at four p.m. Yeah, because most of them cannot have been on their phone while in school. school. 
and they are on their phone by the time they go to bed, literally staring at their phone or having it open in yeah. their phone. And yeah. and to clarify, I don't want that to come across in any way, shape, or form like arrogant. Like mm-hmm. we know what we're doing, we got it all figured out. We we're figuring it out, and so we've that's what we've decided mm-hmm. to do for our kids. Yeah. And, yeah. and it does not have to do with the fact that that's what we have measured as the best. Way. That's just what we started at and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And so far. We haven't had any issues as far as with that being a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, if there are issues or problems, we'll adjust. And the older the kids get, the more mature they get, the more we'll look at things and evaluate things. But right now, we've those are the, some parameters we've set at this mm, point. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Steve? No, that's good. Yeah, um, it was funny, though, because I think – I don't know when we talked about it when he told me about that. I remember going home and telling Jess that about, like, social media. Because yeah. I know that's coming for us. You know, And, and I've seen as when I was a youth pastor, a lot of kids – feel the pressure of getting a smartphone because everybody has one and getting yeah. social media and all that. But I, I, a couple of years ago, I read an article. Uh, I think Sean McDowell wrote it. But he talked about, like, why do you – when – for our kids to get a car, they have to show that they're responsible to get a car. And he says, why don't we do that with smartphones? Sure. Like, why don't we show – okay, yeah, in order to get a phone, you got to be responsible. Yep. You know, and that too. So, so I know, like, conversation I – and mean, even me, me thinking – you know, it's one of the things um, that I'm praying for wisdom of, okay, how do I explain to my kids what's more important? You know, mm-hmm. like I think of Colossians 3, 2, set your mind to things that are above, not the things on this earth. And yeah. that's, and I see that a lot with social media, especially with teenagers, like their mind is set on, yeah. I didn't get so much likes or, and they get so depressed. I, I don't know if you've seen it as a youth pastor, but yeah. I, as a youth pastor, you know, that one day I would like, you know, when they, when they would say, hey, I want to give God my social media because I got mad I didn't get a lot of likes. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, but that's their struggle. Like, they they want to be accepted through that. But for me, I'm trying to tell my kids, like, are you already accepted by the Lord? You know, a- as you are. But also, I want them to to try to teach them how to set their minds or above. You know what what the Lord wants for their lives. And so, like, what, that's one one of the things is even Jess and I talked about is okay, we got find ways to show they're responsible enough to, to get a phone. Yeah. Um, and, but like, like I said, and I, and I encourage you, like Bruce, that's something that you and my wife and I talk about, like your girls, like it's awesome. Cause we have a, like a conversation with them. <laughs> like they can talk, they're not on their phones. Uh, and it's, and I think I see the difference on that. Not to yeah. say like every social media, whatever, you know, but, but that's my fears. I don't want my kids to be so addicted that they need to be in a social media. Uh, like right now, like my oldest plays switch. And that's kind of like the big thing. Okay, we don't want him to think about that always, and so we put a limit on yeah. that. And so we even practicing with that. Like I know that's not social media, but but he like he loves playing that to the where the point where only on Saturdays he's allowed to, to play that for a certain hours. You know, now sometimes sure. if we need a break, you know, whatever, like <laughs> like y'all play, oh, your drama is crazy. But but I think it's showing them the responsibility, yeah. you know, of of how to handle it uh, is is important, and that's that's I mean that's that's my thing, you know, like even. Yeah. Everything. If I want a car, my parents, they say, "Hey, yeah, here's some expectations that you need you need to work on on that too." Yeah. But I think it's setting the expectations, uh, and that's what, again, that's what it's important to learn from those like you that are going <laughs> through it and just asking those questions. Okay, how you handle this? How should I handle? It? Even though you're, you guys are still trying to figure it out. But I think that's just so important to understand that this parenting thing is not do it on your own, but learn from people who are in, in it or, yeah. you know, yeah. don't out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, there's times that kids will be on their phones or they, and, and it's fine. What are, like, you know, our youngest, um, Leah likes to watch, you know, videos yeah. on the phone. So like if we're occupied doing something or she's restless because something 
we'll be like, honey, do you want to watch a video? And like we would give her, and some people like judge people when they do that with their kids yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, the yeah, kids yeah. need something to distract them into. Like, I'm not an advocate of like rip everything off the kids and don't no, let them yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. My point is, yeah, screen time and social media time typically is in an isolated way in the sense that it's not when you're you're with your family and there's nothing good but screen time in isolation for, for in particular for teenagers is a dangerous thing because they don't want people to see what they're looking at they yeah. don't want people to see what their you know their eyes are taking in and it's a dangerous thing and so i'm not an advocate of remove all screens from kids some people are i'm not i'm not an advocate of like if your kids are watching anything on their smartphones or on the devices you should be ashamed i'm not saying that at all i'm specifically yeah. referencing social media accounts which when I say social media, because I know a lot of people lump a lot of things into social media, uh, when I think of social media, I'm thinking of Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok. Um, Twitter is considered social media, though yeah. a lot of most kids aren't on, on Twitter. That, yeah. But those are the ones that I'm thinking of um, that are specific to you have accounts and followers and you're interacting socially with people's pictures and videos and likes and comments. Um, you know, and I think that that's where there's a lot of danger. Yep. Um, but the other thing I would just encourage with parents is it's okay to tell your kids to put their phones away. Yeah. Um, like we, we try to make it known to our kids and they don't always listen to this, but in particular, like when we're with people, if they have their phones out and their face is buried in their phone, I will go up to them and say, you better put your phone away right now. Mm -hmm. Like, and I will let them know. And, <laughs> and they're going to, and they're going to do that. They're going to put it away. What's the voice know? that you use? What's that? Show, show the voice. It varies. It varies. But wow. if, if, if I see it happen, you need yeah. to, you're like, it's okay as parents. Hey, put the phone away If I could encourage, right now. I don't do that. Right now. If I could right encourage now. parents, it's okay to be a parent. Like, it's okay. Yeah. To be the parent to your kid, to be mm -hmm. the authority. Yeah. In your kid's life. Like, there are parents who are scared to death to be the authority for their kids. Yeah. That's which, your yeah. role, right? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah like, which that's, okay. that's going to lead me to what I was going to say of, like, the importance of being a parent to yeah. the kids. And, like, I think that, I, you know, being in youth ministry for, quite a, for, for a little bit, I get to see this so often where, like, there's not so much supervision on what's going on. Mm -hmm. I just want to say to the parents that are listening, like, listen, I've had kids sneak phones on retreats and watch porn on, retreat, on, on retreats at the church. Mm. Like, the kids that you would least respect it, they're doing things on their phone. I, I know of students and I know of, of people that uh, have been texting inappropriate things to each other, that they're sending pictures to each other that are inappropriate, that they're doing all of these things behind the parents' back. And the parents are the ones thinking, Oh yeah, my my son and my daughter—they're good, godly kids. Like, yeah. they're they're very mature in their faith, yep. and they're naive to the reality of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. What I would say to those parents is: Listen, like, be the parent. You have that role of being a parent. Check on their phone. Grab their phone if they're in your homes. Whether they pay for their phone bills or not, if they're in your home, they're your responsibility. Take their phone away yep. from them sporadically. Check on them. I would, Go through yep. all their texts. Go on social media. If honestly, if there was one app that I would be the highest advocate for not to have on their phone, will be Snapchat, Snapchat because yeah. it's an app that you cannot keep a record of anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't ha don't let them have yeah. Snapchat. Now my students are gonna hate me for saying this, but <laughs> don't let them have Snapchat. They can send picture, and I'm and I'm gonna be transparent. They're sending picture of each other's naked, and there's no record of that because it right. doesn't get stored it, it on their phones, and the other people receiving it cannot keep it. 
Yeah. Let me so, let me give a yeah. practical challenge to our parents that are listening to this. If you have kids, I get far out. If you have kids, let me ask you to do this one exercise today. Go to your child, like your student in particular, middle school, high school student that has a smartphone, has a phone, and go to them and say, "I'd like your phone and for you to unlock it for me right now because I want to look through it." Mm. And see what their reaction is. Yeah. If, if because if, these, if like, the student, right, if, their so rea- like, if their reaction is yeah, extremely <laughs> defensive, if it's absolutely not, if they refuse to give you Sums that up. phone, Sums up. as a parent, use some logic here. Why? Mm-hmm. What would be the reason? Now, I would equally say the same thing that if you're a husband or a wife and your spouse also refuses, if you go to them as a spouse and say, can I see your phone? Can you unlock it for me? I'd like to look through it. And they refuse. To me, in both of those instances, some serious red flags should pop up if in either one of those instances that that they are refusing to allow you to look. We we have a rule in our house, and I'm not saying this has to be the rule for everybody, but with my wife and I – my wife, at any time that she wants to, can yeah, access yep. my phone. She has my password. That's what my wife she can too, pick yep. up my phone anytime she wants, look through every single thing on my phone, have access. I have nothing to hide. Now, yep. if people are like, well, I might be planning a surprise for myself, plan it another way then. Yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> how often are you plan stuff, right, that you yeah, can't do that? Yeah. But And then when it comes to, like, kids, like, my kids know. Like, and here's the thing. You have to use wisdom as a parent. Don't call to them when they're upstairs and be like, I need your phone. I want to look at it. And then three minutes later, they come down. They're like, here you go. You go up to them in their presence and say, hey, I would like your phone because I want to look through it. Give me, Put your passcode in. And yeah. don't uh, let them bring their phone to bed. That's the most dangerous thing. Or to the bathroom. Be realistic. Like I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And here's one thing that you can tell, too, like, and this is an insight that I have that I don't tell, like I don't tell my students. But if they ever gave me their phones, I will. I call it the emoji check, which is like if you grab their, if you grab anyone's phone, especially if they have an iPhone, you go on their snap on their conversation. You click to text. It will tell you what are the frequent emoji that they're or the yeah. emojis that they're frequently using. You can tell by those emojis with the type of conversation or lingo they're that having. they're having. You know sure. because. Students and people in general, we like to use uh, or uh, emojis, yeah. and so that gives you an idea of the type of conversation that your students are having. Don't, yeah. don't like again. We need to stop being so innocent when it comes to our kids. Like, listen, statistics will say, like the era of pornography, they will say that ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of students are uh, introduced or have uh, been uh, int- either introduced or have been uh, exposed to pornography by the age of 11. Mm. That would include guys and girls. That's the statistic. Now, does that mean that they're addicted to that? No, but that's just on that alone. Like, we cannot be, Mm. as parents and and leaders, we cannot be so naive to think, yeah, my kid is not wrestling with that. My students are not wrestling with that. Uh, You know, that's just the reality of the world that we live in. We talk about how many hours to spend on their phone. There's no way that in those eight hours, in just one single day, all the information that they're accessing is... Good and glorifying. Yeah. I mean, so to just use an analogy here and like a, an illustration, if, if there was a, um, you know, a storefront that existed that was a storefront of, of videos and you knew in that storefront you could walk down the aisles of that store and to the left you had a room that was filled with pornographic material and videos that were constantly playing. To the right you had, you know, just violent beyond – imaginability like of violent videos and things that were playing on your right 
down a little bit farther on the left, you had abusive videos where it was, you know, whether it was sexually abusive type videos, verbally abusive type, the mentally abusive type videos. A little farther down on the right, you had how to commit suicide and how to do this effectively and how to, you know, basically destroy your, your physical self. And a little bit farther down, you had degradation of women and you had racial things. And, and you had these videos constantly playing in this storefront. And you open a door and you tell your student, however old they are, go ahead, have fun. Like, you would think a parent was absolutely insane to allow that. And to shut the door and say, I'll check back on you in an hour. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know. But literally on social media and and with these things, that is what it is. Like, any route they want to go and look at and take and take in is there. But the worst part about with social media, to be even beyond that, is that there's crowds of people who are constantly chiming in while those things are being watched. Encouraging it. Encouraging it, participating in it. So uh, we have to put things in perspective, right, Mm -hmm. as parents. And so do your phone check. As parents, ask your kid today. Today. Give me your phone. Let me look at it and look through it. If your spouse is it, tell your spouse you want to see their phone today. Let me see your phone right now. And you want to look through it and see what their reaction is. Now, Mm -hmm. if they're like hesitant, maybe there's something on there that they're embarrassed about or whatever, I'm not saying every time that, that, that they're like in the depths of awful things i'm just saying it should be something that we should be okay with if we're if we're pure before god and we want that to be accessible as a parent we should be able to access that for our kids because we care enough about them to do that as a spouse we should be okay with our spouse knowing what we are engaging in on our at the very least it will open the room for conversation absolutely yeah and that's what you want i mean our as parents our role is to Train our kids in the way of the Lord. It's yep. to make sure that they grow Absolutely. to be men and women that love God, that honor God, and that serve Him yep. with their lives for the rest of their life. And so, yep. it's good. in order for us to do that, we cannot be afraid and, and shy about it. We need yep. to take our role seriously. I agree. Um, it's good. I think it was great. Uh, next week, Drew's will be the captain. But uh, we would have captain, uh, captain. We, we will have a special guest and nice. another special guest. guest uh, and I'm excited for Listen, that. Listen, maybe next week you two could be the host of the special guest because nah. you guys know the special guest. Well, yeah. Well, well no, he's probably going to join the four of us, the three of us. So. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm so gonna be four of us. Yeah. Well, we'll oh, see. We'll know. see. Okay. It'll, it'll, it'll be, be fine. Pending Adam. It'll be good. Little Phil's it'll ability. Be good. But yeah, uh, yeah. So you don't want to miss it. He, will, I will say, he will be an ex. Well, uh, you will consider maybe an expert of Generation Z. He, that's what he nice. does for a living, and so he has a lot of insight on the ins and out of Generation Z. And so nice. we're excited to have him next week. It's great. So hopefully you'll be in a better mood next week. May, hopefully I'll be in a better mood. <laughs> uh, It'll be good. But I do know the phone number, 330-331-6453. Excellent. I so, mean, you're like eight episodes early. Yeah. That's good. I'm an overachiever. Well done. Achiever. Steve, what's the question, man? We what's, ask it every week. What's your life like beyond the pew? What is your wow. life like beyond the pew? We hope yeah. it's honoring to the Lord. Join us next week. I Bye-bye.